0: Hi everyone. It's Diana with stories from a survivor. I'm coming to you from my mom mobile again. This time I'm coming with, uh, my journey from, uh, healing waters. I shared a little bit about it on Instagram and just what I really want to talk about, you know, the mind, body, spirit and you know, how important detox is and like different things like that. So I'm going to take it from a very like systemic point of view. And I'll try and cram it into an hour and split it up into two sessions. There's a lot of information, so don't be scared to take notes. And just like you know anything out there, make sure you utilize whatever works best for you. Uh, so if you try something and it's you know maybe not working for your body or you're, you're feeling like you're not getting the right response, then um, just tailor it to what your needs are. I'm, I'm gonna talk about a couple of different things and then the majority of my time is going to be about my experience at the detox retreat. But I wanna talk about things that I wish I would have known, um, you know, younger in life about diet, dietary habits, uh, how our metabolism works. My background is in healthcare. I've worked as an ICU nurse, so I've seen a lot of bodies kind of fall apart in front of you and a lot of it is due to patterns or different um, things that they've made part of their lifestyle you know there are many many things that we can't control in life but then again if you really think about it there are many things that we can control as well and so um, it's really important in life to hone in and, and get to know the things that you can control in life and uh, actually control them. (laughs) That's where your self-discipline comes in. Right? So I'm going to talk a little bit about like my, my journey that started, you know, I'm this, this podcast started out as like my journey and my stories in preparation for a more formal podcast for our nonprofit called The Blind Investment. So, you know, uh, I'm gonna talk about like my journey and then hopefully we can incorporate that with time in a little bit more of a structured podcast. But a few years back um, after liquidating a company that we owned, uh, we moved to Europe, to Romania. And I knew that my body was telling me that if I didn't stop living the type of life that I was living, which is basically, every american mom's life in essence almost 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 okay every like hustling adult person with a family's life does that make more sense maybe so i was ultra ultra multitasking i never had a really non productive time i've i've learned a lot in life about like what not to do with your body and so my body at that point was basically crying out internally saying, like, if you don't stop, you're going to end up with some sort of cancer. Like, this this rhythm, we can't keep going. And so when I went to Romania, I actually had a firsthand experience on how the body keeps score. And I talk about that book a lot. But my body in particular went through a metabolic crisis, and it was pretty much an extensive... Dumping syndrome. If you Google it, you'll understand. But basically, I wasn't able to keep anything, and my my body was just not digesting anything, and it was just you know dumping. Everything was just going straight through me. I was super dehydrated. I um, could not do anything. I was incapacitated, and I had to go to a local ER in Romania, which was quite the experience. And maybe one day I'll pod a little bit about you know, going to hospitals abroad and how different it is and what the differences in the healthcare system are, because they're not all actually bad, mind you. But all that to say, I went and then I realized how broken my body actually was and that I really needed to get on top of my health and wellness. I had already started modifying my diet. I had already been, you know, started working out just to feel stronger with, you know, personal trainer in America I had found a personal trainer in Romania already that I wanted to start working with. You know, I I inherently I guess I got lucky. I don't know. I think my maybe my grandma off my mom's side really loved like kind of like more bland but healthy food. So, I was already inherently like that, but I cleaned up my diet more and I went to a metabolic doctor. And she drew blood, sent it off to a lab in Germany, and it was there for about a little over a month before we got our results. And then there was, there's a computer system, a program where they kind of like spit out the entire, you know, plethora of different foods that your metabolic metabolic system actually like responds to and what actually impedes it. So for example, my body, like we'll take beans, you know, beans are a great legume and a great source of protein, right? Especially for vegetarian people. Well, my body, I found out that my metabolic system hated white beans and could only handle dark beans like pinto beans or black-eyed peas, things like that. So I had to make sure that, you know, I'm a mom, whenever I cook for the entire house, everybody might love a certain type of food, but my body was not responding well to it and it was just like cutting off. And so that system, I learned some pretty fundamental rules that I just kind of adopt in life and I'm mindful of I'm going to start with that and then I'd like to talk about that detox retreat in Mexico. That's super affordable, actually, and all the different things that we did there. So, um, the metabolic doctor did tell me, she said, you know, first of all, um, water is super important, but not any water. If you can find an alkalinizing system or just purchase alkalinized water, Something around 8.5 pH or above, preferably nine and above pH, because what she said is automatically when you consume water, your body needs your body turns it into acidic water, unfortunately, and then has to recalibrate and rebalance it. So, the higher the alkalinity of it, your body being acidic, the easier it is to actually bring your body to a more alkaline base, which is very ultra important. If you've ever read anything about healing diets or anything, you know that alkalinization of your body is super, super important. And I'll talk about that a little bit more in a little while. So that's when I really became cognizant of drinking alkaline water. And I try and I stay true to that even to this day. I buy alkaline filters. I don't have like a system You know, there, there are some pretty bougie systems out there and you make sure that you go, um, step-by-step. If you do buy a system in your home, especially with kids and babies, um, they need time for their GI system to adjust or they'll end up with like diarrhea, upset stomachs, things like that. So alkaline water. And then, um, the next, uh, thing that she had told me was that, you know, there were some rules. Number one, never ever repeat proteins in the same day. So if you have chicken for lunch, don't have chicken for dinner. Because, and I'll tell you why I think she didn't really tell me the rationale, but I'll tell you why I think it is in a little bit. So for example, if I ate, you know, like sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds in the morning, I know, I know it sounds crazy, but. To be honest, when I did this reset, metabolic reset, I swear to you, I can't believe how little food we actually need and how much time we actually have when we retrain our bodies. But if I had like maybe some seeds and some um, natural yogurt, like non fat probiotic yogurt, um, I couldn't have that the next meal. So the next meal had to be like turkey breast and whatever. And the next meal needed to be, you know, a different type of protein. She also, another, the next rule was always start your meal with your first bite being protein. Because that sends the signal to your metabolic system that you are feeding it something consistent and it needs to go into burn mode. Okay, so always start your meal with protein. Third rule, always, always finish everything that you're going to eat within the hour. So if you start your meal at noon, you need to be done consuming whatever you're consuming by one. Okay? Um, And uh, another rule that they had was, uh, including your coffee. Another rule was do not mix protein. So if you know anything about diets... Um, lactose and dairy products are digested very differently than fish or nuts and seeds or things like that okay lactose takes somewhere around five hours for the digestive system to actually break it down whereas maybe a piece of meat will only take somewhere between two and a half to three hours so do you see why mixing proteins is like such an important thing to not do in the same meal And then now do you see why it's important to not repeat the proteins too? Because you're trying to confuse your metabolic system to always utilize whatever you're eating. So, and then another thing that I learned was that essentially after your initial, you know, I think it it was like 10 days. So the first two days were a detox where, where you only ate like, pretty much air fryer, um, vegetables. So I think it was carrots one day and just potatoes the next day. It sounds weird. You weren't supposed to use any oil. So we used our air fryer and I swear I was waiting for those potatoes and carrots for the longest time when I was detoxing and we were supposed to drink mag citrate to start the cleanse process. So we did that and then we started our diet where like we had our foods that our metabolic system was like more prone to actually burning and utilizing. and then you know our foods that we were going to reintroduce with time. So some of these things might sound like the food sensitivity tests that are now around and about that you can actually like mail and get results for. And um, it, they probably are. I'm not quite sure. I just know this program was developed like in the Philippines. There was a lot of clinical research. So I just followed it to a T. And then eventually you have your cheat meals. After you've you've accomplished, you know, a good stable glycemic index, which is literally like one of the most important things. And this is why intermittent fasting was also encouraged while doing this detox cleanse. So for example, if your last meal was, you know, 6 p.m., you were not supposed to eat just to increase your your detox and your glycemic index control and, like, shock your body and your metabolism into, into getting into ketoacidosis and actually, like, eating the fat, like, using your fat as energy, which is kind of, like, what we're all trying to do, right? Um, you're not supposed to eat for uh, at least 18, you know, as long as you can. 14 to 18 hours was recommended, which got kind of sticky because the last rule was you needed to have at somewhere around five hours, five to five and a half hours in between meals. So in between the ending, so if you finished your meal at one, you were not supposed to eat your next meal until five hours had lapsed. So that was 6 p.m., right? Do you see how much time there is in between that, like five solid hours where you are not thinking about food? You are literally so productive on this diet. I haven't been doing it, but I feel amazing when I do adopt those rules and incorporate them into my daily life and how I eat. Anyway, that I feel like was... And that was in 2019. I finished that diet around May of 2019. I feel like that really did reset my metabolism and cleansed a lot. Um, But then I really only really started understanding a lot more once I went to this detox retreat for the first time ever last January. It was the month before I was gonna go through a divorce trial. As many of you know, or some may not know, I went through a really traumatic, um, kinda like escape from uh, the, the marriage and was going through a really volatile type of situation. So stress is really, really important. And what I do want to say back to, I'm backtracking a little bit, that diet that I did um, is that, you know, after a while when you start having your cheat meals here and there, when you're done kind of losing weight and you're at your target weight, you are supposed to, you know, maintain the same weight for six months because your metabol- uh, your, your metabolic system and your digestive system take a snapshot of that and they're like okay this is our sweet spot we want to stay this weight okay that one's a really important one and then what I also learned was that basically our metabolism and digestive system inherently pretty much trashes at least 30% of what we eat And so this is where cheat meals come in. Like you're, you know, in like meal preps and things like that. You're eating like reliable fuel that your body knows I can digest, I can digest, I can digest. And then maybe you'll eat some trash. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to lie. I found, I found this yesterday. I found out about it last week from a personal trainer. It's like, it's, it's super bad, but. What gives me peace is like, you know what? Every once in a while, I'll entertain something like that or a bag of chips because I know that my uh, metabolic system is going to pretty much throw it away anyway, 30% of our meals. So as long as, you know, think of school, like 70%, that's not hard. It shouldn't be hard for our our diets either. So let's just like maintain that 70%, the 70-30 rule. That's the same rule I use even in like business or in like the kids chores, if it's 70% right, I'm happy. I'm not going to tell them, you know, but I'll work with it. That's something doable. And that that goes for everything because think about how much less stressful it is to know that, Hey, I've got some wiggle room. Like I know my body's going to process this and do exactly what it needs to do because that's the way that, you know, our bodies work. That's the way we were created. And so anyway, I'm going to go to back to the detox retreat. I had a good, Um, you know, fellow entrepreneur friend that went through a really difficult divorce and had been through, you know, in the same industry and had been through really stressful times. And um, we were closer then and in conversation and she was really trying to be like supportive of me, which I super respected and still to this day. And um, she knew I was approaching my divorce trial and that I was, you know, it was a very stressful time. And she made it a point to send me to a retreat. And she said, you know, I do these kinds of retreats. Other people go on vacation and they get, you know, drunk and they do all kinds of different things, which I'm not saying that that doesn't happen when I go on vacation, because it does, okay? Like, everyone needs to let loose. Remember the 70-30 rule? And so, um, you know, but, but she said, you know, when I leave, she's quite a bit older than me, When I go off to vacation, it's this, I'm obsessed with keeping my body healthy. And so she said, one day, you're gonna pay me back. One day, Diana, when you're successful, you will pay me back. And she said, mark my words, you will be successful, because she knew me from before. Um, But that'll be a different different series, different day. Um, And so she sent me to uh, Mexico, I flew into San Diego, had a friend drive me down um, south of the border and they actually have a new house that they're operating out of. Um, If you are interested in getting more information, the home is called Healing Waters and their Instagram handle, which I'll try and put in the description is healing underscore waters underscore detox. And so they're located just maybe 15 minutes south of the border, south of Tijuana. And I'll start with, you know, their entire program. I'm gonna try and go really systematically because I feel like it's really important and everything kind of connects with each other. And um, I'm just going to recall this last experience even though it wasn't the long one. I only got to do three days and two nights. The previous time I was able to do five days and I'm hoping I will get to a point at some point maybe this summer where I can um, afford to be there and unplug for seven days because that's optimal and um, there are you know ocean front views uh, or ocean views and then you can walk to the ocean but I'm going to go through every single thing that we were doing and kind of the rationales because as a nurse inherently we love our rationales and I know that I would want to know why so here we go. So the first thing that you do whenever you go in, it's a very peaceful, kind of like a yogi vibe to it. Um, But you come in, they greet you, obviously. They show you around. But you start your day in the very morning with a warm cup of water and either a lemon or a lime. It doesn't really matter. It alkalinizes the water. And on an empty stomach, you're supposed to consume that. And then um, there is a fun fact, actually, the lemon, even though it is the most acidic tasting um, fruit, it actually is um, an alkalinizing fruit. So that's a really important one. And I've even heard of people soaking the lemon juice and the actual rind, like the entire lemon, In, um, so, and I, when I do it, I'll peel the rind a little bit just because there's a lot of paraffin wax and unless it's like out of your lemon tree, which would be nice, but not all of us live in California, at least not yet, but, um, you soak it overnight and then all the oils and the alkaline properties come out of the uh, lemon, and then you consume it on an empty stomach in the morning, and that's supposed to help um, reboot your system. I've heard it about apple cider vinegar as well. I just, I don't know enough about apple cider vinegar. All I know is my mom used to use, make me use that for dandruff in my hair, and I hated it. Okay, that was an overshare, but hey, you understand what I'm saying. So, start with a lemon water, and then the next thing that you're supposed to do is to do the uh, lymphatic exercises they're guided it's about an hour long it was created by an institution I still have yet to find it on a YouTube channel because I think it's a great one for handicapped people as well they can do it while they're sitting in their wheelchairs but essentially are there different moves incorporated from like yoga and maybe Pilates moves and things like that as well that inherently your muscles as you're making the movements are promoting lymphatic drainage. So your lymphatic system is everywhere. If you're sick, the the best thing that I can talk about to like really make it a a tangible system for you is when you're sick, one of your um, lymphatic um, nodules are your tonsils. So your tonsils will get swollen, they might get sore. They're glands that excrete. And as women, a lot of our um, lymphatic system is actually in our mammary glands, our breasts. That's how we make milk and that's why breast milk is so healthy for the immune system for babies. But, so you're doing all of these different movements and exercises that are not necessarily hard on you. And seem kind of silly if you're an athletic person. Like for me, the first time I did it, I was like, okay, I feel like this is pointless. But it's not. Um, it moves your, your muscles and your body in such a way in which it's like milking that system so that it excretes. Because it's not good for your lymphatic system to stay um, stagnant, right? That's why tight muscles and not getting massages is bad too, which we'll deal with and address in a little bit. So there's those, and then there are some little repetitive exercises that are also stretching of the calf muscles, stretching of, you know, your upper back, your lower back, your neck muscles. It's super important, and and it's all about being mindful and conscious as well. And after that exercise, the next exercise is um, Wim Hof breathing. Now, if you've never looked up Wim Hof breathing, I would highly encourage you to do so. It's essentially a lot of guided. I mean, you're supposed to lay down. You're, you need to have time. This is why this is a detox retreat, because all you have is time to invest in yourself and work on your body. But you need, you know, I lay down because I get lightheaded much easier. You can sit up like in a kind of crisscross applesauce meditation position, but it's essentially guided, hyperventilating. And then with a guided, breath hold. Okay, so talking about Wim Hof breathing, um, you'll lay down or sit in a meditative position and then on your, you know, you're going to be guided, there's a guided hyperventilation that happens pretty much, which if you know anything about health care, like you're a respiratory therapist or a registered nurse, you've learned everything about body, you know, blood pH level, arterial blood gases, and the impact systemically. So either you're um, in respiratory acidosis, respiratory alkalosis, metabolic acidosis, and metabolic alkalosis. So what we're trying to do, if you can sit and kind of wrap your mind around it, is induce a state of respiratory alkalosis by hyperventilating and breathing out all of this CO2, carbon dioxide, which is acidic in nature this is why soda pops are so bad for us because they're not natural and there's there's carbon dioxide that's added to it for the bubbly so it makes you super acidic so we're trying to blow off all of this carbon dioxide to decrease our acidity and then we're going to hold our breath and i kid you not as you're doing the breath holds and I mean the longest I did was a minute and a half but if you persist with the breathing exercises um, you can increase incrementally and pretty quickly the amount of time you can hold the breath for but what happens is now from respiratory alkalosis your body is going to try and go into a metabolic alkalosis and correct the acidity in your body, which inherently will go and heal parts of your body. So for example, this last time when I went, I went a couple of days beforehand to the gym with my sister and a friend of ours. And um, I already had kind of like a week back because I pulled it the week before at the gym. So I was kind of babysitting it. And we were there you know, we did leg day, and so my back was kind of shot by the time I went to the detox retreat. As I was doing my breath hold during the Wim Hof exercise, I felt you're going to feel things tingle. You might feel your head tingle, your fingers, your toes tingle, because all of the blood is being taken. You know, you're you're holding your breath. You're not giving any oxygen to your body. So your body is taking all of the unnecessary blood from different places and taking it to necessary places, such as your vital organs, or areas where your body needs to heal and needs that um, blood, that oxygen-rich blood, because remember you just hyperventilated and blew off all of your CO2. So it's alkalinized blood going to all of these places that are injured. So for me, guess where it went? To my back. I was like, what? This actually, actually works? Like I believed it the first time, but I never did it and then now I really believe it because I was actually in physical pain and then as I'm doing the Wim Hofs, laying on my back, holding my breath, I feel this like arthritic type of pain in my lower right side of my back where I I had my pain, where I had my, my injury, right? More on that later. Anyway, after your Wim Hof, you're supposed to do cryotherapy. Now somewhere in that morning which typically, maybe it might even be after the lemon alkaline water, and probably it actually is, and I'm just not remembering, Um, you do a coffee bucket enema. I know that sounds so nasty, but I'm telling you, that will wake your body up, it will detox, it will actually hydrate, whereas coffee, when you drink it orally, and it processes through your system, it actually has the tendency of sometimes dehydrating you, but because you're now adding some coffee to a liter of water, you're actually hydrating your colon and then excreting all of the toxins that your body's trying to get rid of. And so now, you know, do you see that like it makes more sense um, whenever you're doing like the lymphatic exercises and you're doing more of like circulation and things like that, your GI system's also waking up. So after you do that, Um, you know, the the alkaline water with lemon or lime, and then the coffee enema, and then the lymphatic exercises and stretches, and then you do the um, Wim Hof breathing. After that, you're supposed to do cryotherapy. Now, I'm a wuss when it comes to cold water. I know. I know. The guy, his name is actually Wim Hof would probably laugh at me. But I know that he has experience with people that are not cold water friendly. Let's just put it that way. I definitely get that side from my dad. And so what happens is your body is now so alkaline, you literally feel like you can climb on top of the world, like you can do pretty much anything. So they're um, very close to the ocean, the Pacific Ocean, which in Baja, Mexico is actually even colder than in San Diego and um, i'm not sure if i would be able to do it up here in the pacific northwest because the water is just so frigid all the time even in july but that's basically cryotherapy so you jump in the water and it just exhilarates your entire body it wakes up your all your cells it's supposed to give you a rush of like 300% more of dopamine, norepinephrine, which these things are naturally occurring. You know, all of the endorphins that are naturally occurring in your brain, like when you work out, when you do things that heal your body, these are the things that we were using in intensive care unit when people were just like hanging on to dear life. These are infusions, synthetic infusions that we were doing to increase people's blood pressure, to increase heart contractility, where their heart was going to work harder and beat stronger, and you know all of these different things that our body produces naturally. So if you think about it, promoting that natural release, it's going to heal your body. Those are natural chemicals, and and at levels where your body can actually handle it, because there are side effects whenever we have people on those drips in the in the um, ICU. So, after cryotherapy, it's breakfast time. Breakfast and the food in general is just raw vegan living food. And so, I'll like describe a few of the dishes and I'll um I do have pictures. I'll try and add pictures. Hopefully, we can add some pictures into this video uh, whenever the edit gets done. Thanks, Oscar. Um, but morning is basically some mixed fruit, but majority papaya. Papaya has natural enzymes. So even if you have digestive issues, um, there are chewable tablets for with papaya extract that you can buy from the natural food store and eat with every meal and it'll help you break down. Which the same thing, have, something very similar happens with um, sauerkraut that has pre and probiotics. It, it's the enzymes in the sauerkraut that help you break down and digest the food. So that way your body's not working as hard to actually break down the nutrients in the nutrient dense foods that hopefully you're eating and deliver it to the areas of your body that need to heal. So papaya, there's a natural yogurt that they actually make on um, site or you can do kefir. I like kefir. It's less dairy, um, but when I'm on site, I eat whatever they give me because you're starving by the time you get your next thing. It's like a juice fast detox, right? So this time there were there were some hemp hearts over it um, blueberry, strawberry, papaya, um, lentil sprouts, all the different sprouts are super healthy. A good example is like, I think a quarter of a cup of, of, uh, broccoli sprouts gives you an equivalent, um, nutrition to, I want to say four cups of actually steamed, like broccoli or raw broccoli. I'm not sure. Look it up. It's true. I'm not, I, I wouldn't make it up. There's no reason to make this up. So lentil sprouts, sprouts are part of every single meal. And, um, I think garlic, I don't, I don't think garlic sprouts, what, um, broccoli sprouts, lentil sprouts, um, and I'm not sure what the other sprouts that they use are, but those are really nutrient dense ones that they like to use. Um, and then after that, there are some services that are scheduled. So, um, usually after breakfast or sometimes after lunch, um, you'll do a vibrating machine where you just stand on, you know, the funny machine that you stand on and kind of like vibrates your hips. That promotes circulation into your digestive system as well. It tones the muscle, it drains lymphatic um drainage again. And mind you, yes, you will be excreting all kinds of toxins through your colon, to put it in a nice way, okay? Um, and then after that, usually there's a colonic therapy that happens, hydrocolonic therapy. I know what you're saying, and I know a lot of people give it a bad rap because it robs you of all of your natural flora, your good, like good bacteria that's in your gut. And this is true. But whenever I asked and inquired about it, because I have a sister that works in um, GI, and she says how all the physicians. Um, were bad-mouthing hydrocolonic therapy. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to find out all about this. And, um, you know, I I have plenty of doctors I respect and then plenty of doctors I don't respect. And we'll just leave that conversation right there. Um, But hydrocolonic therapy is essentially, you know, we're already cleansing the colon, but it's essentially practice for the colon. So our digestive tract is created in a way in which you chew your food, you masticate, okay? And you're mixing it with the enzymes in your saliva. That's why it's so important to chew your food well and to take your time when you're eating. Some people even meditate whenever they eat. And as you swallow, the esophagus is connected all the way down through your, your, your digestive system and it, it, it's called peristalsis, as, as the muscles contract and push food down to be digested. Your small intestines are very, very long. And that's where a lot of the nutrient absorption happens, okay? And then your colon is very, it's its not very short, but it's much shorter, okay? And it's much larger, so it's thick. It's a thick, soft muscle tissue. And if your colon is used to being lazy, like mine, because of all of my history and years of of trauma and GI upset, which is related to trauma and is statistically proven to be that, uh, and like survival mode, fight or flight, whatever you wanna call it, um, that usually impedes peristalsis. And peristalsis is important because what you want in the colon is for the colon, you know, its primary function is excretion of toxins and waste and the absorption of hydration of water. And from your food content. So theoretically, your colon should be taking all of the water out of your food and it should be distributing it to the rest of your body and then um, excreting all the waste. And this should happen. It should theoretically happen three times a day after every meal. Does it happen three times a day? You're really lucky or blessed if it does. For me personally, when I think back years ago when I was having very, very many issues with my digestive tract, I sometimes would go three days. Some people go four days without a bowel movement. That's not healthy. So you need to reassess your dietary and whatever lifestyle you're living. You know, and there are some disease processes that, are, that could be underlying. But I want to say like my gynecologist at one point 10 years ago, I went in because I thought I had ovarian pain and he was, he did a pap smear and he was palpating and I was like, and he said, is that painful? Is that painful? He, you know, I thought he was at my ovaries and I was like, yeah, that really hurts. And he said, I was palpating your sigmoid colon. It's it's a section of your colon. And he said, I think I'm not going to diagnose you with it, but I think you have like IBS irritable bowel syndrome which happens whenever you're under long, um, amounts of stress and you stress your body out. So that's just my little tidbit. Okay. So if you have those problems, please, please go and investigate those problems. And, um, so anyway, hydrocolonic therapy, what it does is, you know, they, they infuse water into your colon until you feel like you're, you know, until you're uncomfortable. Remember about the uncomfortable and growing situation that I talked about until you're uncomfortable. And then that stops and then it empties out. Yes, they have to access via rectum Yes, it's a very dignified process and you know, you shouldn't be embarrassed. I had a really difficult time because I'm a nurse, even though there are literally nights and nights and shifts and probably hundreds of hours of swimming and poop. I used to call it when I finally would get home in the mornings. It's just... It just feels like you're, you're just kind of like, oh, I don't know about someone taking care of me, but just let someone take care of you, okay? This is a this is part of the process, to be honest, allowing someone else or a team to actually take care of you. And so what happens is it empties directly into the system, into the, you know, it's connected to the toilet, and um, all the waste comes out. And so, and then you you do the process again, and you'll do that cycle probably you know five maybe six different times more it just depends it's about a 45 minute procedure and what happens is you're you're not necessary. you don't necessarily have a bunch of waste remember you're eating clean you did the coffee enema you're naturally emptying out because you're eating healthier and everything right but um you are exc- excreting your liver takes care of you know, different parasites that are now dying because your diet is very different and a couple of other um, things that I'll talk to you about. But, um, you know, it's cleaning the the inner wall of your colon on all the buildup that's in there because your colon, because it's so massive, like it's so thick, it's actually all curled up soft tissue muscle and it'll stay curled up. It's kind of like your brain. Right, like the wrinkles, so it'll be all wrinkled and wrinkled. And unless you expand that with you know, physically, basically with water, you're not going to get things from in that lining and in those cracks and crevices. And so they expand the colon, and then the colon also is prompted because it's so full to squish to empty out. Peristalsis occurs, and mine took at least a couple of cycles before my. Colon actually started performing its own peristalsis, so it wasn't prompted anymore, and it was like, okay, I'm contracting and I'm emptying and I'm detoxing, and you'll actually see little like pieces of things coming out. And I remember asking, I was like, what is that? What are those things? Like furry-looking mucoid type of things? And um, Mila, the lady that owns and operates it, that's done this for. Forever and her grandma. I mean, she's super passionate about and knows probably everything about everything about detoxing and and the liver and everything. Um, but uh, she was like, "Those are the parasites that were in your body that are now being excreted and eliminated by your body." And I said, "Well, how are we doing that?" And you know, other than the things that I naturally know, right? And she said, "Well." You remember you're doing um, while you're doing your lymphatic exercises, I have the Rife machine on. And if you look up the Rife machine, it's actually a machine that was um, founded, I think in I want to say in the 60s or 70s, I'm not quite sure, by a scientist. and it's basically sound waves. And it has multiple different programs for multiple different types of disease processes. They have a whole manual on it. They program it to something. And then while you're doing your exercises, those sound waves are actually hitting you and are killing parasites within your body. And so whenever you're now going to get the hydrocolonic the therapy, you are now also excreting the parasites that have died a little bit earlier today or the day before and are being excreted. And the Rife Machine is not indicated to do very often when you're not in a detox retreat because you're just inherently, you're, you don't have a colonic that you're like really hydrating and like flushing your system so actively. But it's still indicated to do occasionally, even if you're not at a detox retreat, just make sure that you're flushing with fluids. And this goes even for after like lymphatic exercises or after physiotherapy or after massage therapy because you're massaging and you're draining that lymphatic system, but it's not going to drain just like any hose, just like a garden hose. If you think about, you know, it's hot water, but you don't want to use that hot water on the flowers. You're going to flush it with clean, cold water so that you can use it on your flowers now. You do like that analogy. Hopefully it works. So anyway, that's the Rife machine. And um, she also has an infrared sauna that you use, which is different than just any other sauna because infrared light actually will detox. And I asked her, I said, you know, I've been reading a lot about saunas and I love to start my workouts with a sauna and end my workouts with a sauna. And um, I said, you know, there are a lot of people that talk about it and they say, you know, well, um, it really doesn't do anything. It's just water weight, yada, yada. False, okay? Your skin is your largest organ. It's your protective barrier. It's also the best way to detoxify your entire body. Remember I said your lymphatic system is everywhere. It just goes everywhere throughout your entire body. I mean, it's from your tonsils down to your ankles and the soles of your feet, which are like your powerhouse for nerve endings. That's why reflexology is so important. And, um, you know, your armpits, your breast tissue, like lymph is everywhere. When I fit, when I left the detox retreat, I think my body had just really started purging things. Remember I only got to do it for three days. I had a bump a lump here, which is now not here anymore because it was reabsorbed by the body and flushed out. But I had a lump here. That's because your body is flushing. So you need a lot of water, but you also need to prompt that flushing through your pores. So your pores, your skin pores, that's where all of that sweat and all of these different chemicals and toxins are going to come out of your lymphatic system. And that's why it's important after you detox in the sauna to keep drinking. Drink, 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 vegetable juice, fresh vegetable juice, and like if you're on a juice fast, or alkalinized water. Remember, you know, your body doesn't have to work as hard to alkalinize it, because it's going to try to. It's an automatic two-point hit. Whatever alkalinity your water is that you're consuming, Calculate two below it because as soon as it hits your system your system is so acidic it brings it like weighs it down and then your body works really hard to re it. Okay so just take my word for it it works and it hydrates you very differently. And so um, there's the infrared sauna and then every single day we would do um, an hour massage. It was my favorite time of the day. But what does massage do? It's going to move the muscle away from the fascia, away from your vascular system, away from the lymphatic system, and also, once again, flush the lymphatic system. So do you see a pattern here? It's all about the flush, and then you hydrating afterwards to continue that process. Okay, because your body is gonna try and eliminate as much as possible. And if you've not had a massage ever, or it's been a few years, you best believe that if you get a good massage, you are going to feel horrible afterwards, no matter how much water you drink. I'm just letting you know. You will feel horrible, and you might even get sick. Why? Because your lymphatic system has not been flushed, and you've got all kinds of latent, which means sleeping, viruses that are hanging out over there and just waiting for your body to be weak at some point and wreak havoc. That's how we get sick, okay? And and going back to Wim Hof, like, I watched something. There's actually a documentary series by one of my favorite groups called Goop. um, And I just found it on Netflix last week. And they actually have Wim Hof on there. And he, it shows a video of him. He went through this journey um, figuring out, like, the Wim Hof breathing method. And it shows him actually having E. coli, one of the most deadly types of uh, bacteria in his bloodstream and him effectively fighting it off just through breathing techniques and his immune system because his immune system was just so strong. And um, so that's what that's the power of like breathing exercises and alkalinized bodies and um, shock therapy cold cold shock therapy which I'm still warming up to as ironic as that sounds but anyway massages and you remember I told you like my back was in a really bad way like it still was and I and I was getting the massages and you know it was helping temporarily but it still wasn't like releasing you know because a lot of times it's The muscle that's super tight if we're not stretching well, which is I will 100% own up to it. My worst thing. Like I just don't take the time to stretch enough. Um, and yes, I'm working on it. Um, this is a journey for all of us. Okay. It's not just me and it's not just you. It's all of us. But, um, What happens is actually the ligaments will kind of like just cave and give in and then they'll let the muscle kind of drop and it drops onto your nervous, onto your nerves. So you'll get a lot of sciatica pain down, down your butt cheek, onto your leg, things like that. And it's really debilitating. Um, But then at one point it was the second day, uh, Mila was like, you're still feeling, I was, I was like hunched over. I was in so much pain. And she said, "Okay, we're gonna do physiotherapy," and I'm th- and and I talked to one of the um, the home director and and um, she was like, "Oh yeah, it's gonna be some like stretching and massage and things like that." And I was like, "Okay, that sounds like kind of like a Thai massage. Like, ooh, that'll be nice and like nice stretching and blah blah blah." Oh no, I was sweating, so I laid down on a massage table, unbeknownst to me. Uh, she starts massaging my the soles of my feet, which is a lot of pain for me because I have tarsal coalitions, which I'll talk about maybe another time. But um, she started massaging the muscles also that are on our calf muscles. She said that a lot of back pain is actually associated with those calf muscles and them not being separated enough because we work out and we don't get those like in depth deep massages and release and stretches and so she had me making a different movement with the soles of my feet while she was separating the muscle I swear to you I've had five babies my last two were with no medication I was literally sitting there and it took everything out of me to not cry and I was uh saying some not so pg words in the pillow (laughs) <laughs> but I kid you not, after that session, I didn't have any more back pain. It was gone. I still had to babysit it because, you know, you, you make wrong moves or you stress your muscles around your back out and then, you know, it happens again. But she showed me some um, stretching techniques for the mornings that are kind of like ballet moves, actually. Um, and um, so she did that and then she also started doing cupping. And the cupping, I have pictures of it. I'm still thinking about whether or not I want to add them to this video. But, I mean, I think I had probably 20 different cups um, up my legs in the back of my legs. Like, my my the sides of my thighs, my hamstrings, my calf muscles. Like, the sides of the calf muscles, which was where she had been, like, doing that physiotherapy stuff it was so painful. And she was so cute. I said, Oh my goodness, I I can't handle this. This is too painful. And she said, just a couple of minutes, just a minute or two, it's going to be okay. And so I learned something new. Whenever you just tell someone it's just a minute or two, it's like in their brain, they're like, Oh, okay, I can handle that. Um, it, it turned out, you know, after a while, what happens is, your body releases these endorphins and um, adrenaline and it just numbs the area. Kind of like when you get a tattoo or a piercing, your body rushes to the area in aid and it numbs the area as well because it thinks that there's some sort of injury. What cupping is doing is actually bringing blood up to the area and promoting circulation. Remember, we're doing like all these different things to oxygenate and alkalinize our blood and now we want that blood to go to the areas that need to be healed. And these areas are areas that are not getting enough oxygen and you will you can tell how deoxygenated those muscles are by how dark the circles end up being after the cups are removed. So she did that up my legs and up my back and my area and that was those were definitely the areas like my upper back areas where I hold all my stress and I know that's always a problem area. And those were definitely the, the darkest. I'm talking like a deep violet color. And after they're done with the cupping, they'll take a cup that's activated suction and they will roll it around your entire muscular group to disperse all that circulation in the rest of your muscles and to try and decrease the bruising. I'm telling you, I looked like someone beat me with a bunch of hard baseballs because I had bruises everywhere and I bruise easily, but I can't tell you how incredible I felt after the cupping. That night I slept like a baby. I haven't slept as well as I slept last week in a long time, unfortunately. Um, But sleep is really, really important. And as you take care of your body and your body's in recovery mode and in detox mode, it will naturally respect the circadian rhythm and try to reboot and recharge. And that's when all of the nerves in your body, including your brain, are in recovery mode. And they're trying to... um, you know build back up whatever has been lost whenever it's been lost and so my body felt like a completely different um body after I left there they're super sweet they love on you they will tailor the experience to you I remember the first day uh that I got there they brought me my green juice to my to my bed and I literally just stayed in bed I was just so exhausted And, you know, they they will tailor, but they will also encourage you to do all of the things that they've put on the schedule, which is great. It still leaves you about two or three hours in between sessions there. You know, the services are pretty much done at 6 p.m. and either you have other housemates that are there participating in the program with you or it's just you alone and you get, you know, a nice quiet house with your door open so you can hear the ocean, you know, waves. It's just there's something really healing about all of that energy and all of that. I mean, I think that's why she called it healing waters because it's all just based off of this liquidity and stuff. So, um, and before I went to this detox retreat, I know that I took my sister for her first experience at a Korean spa. So there's a Korean spa, one in Fullerton and one in... Um, Las Vegas area and it's the authentic Korean experience. They've got separate bathing areas where you are supposed to go in the nude because they don't want anybody's raunchy bikinis or things like that, it's just part of the culture. It's I'm, I'm just kidding, but it is part of their culture. And you have to take a really good shower before you go and use the facilities. And then there's a thing called the body scrub and massage. And what they basically do is (laughs) the first time you ever go get it done, uh, it feels like someone's kind of like um, taking your skin off of you. I remember the first time it was painful to me, um, but they would like scrub, 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 and then you know, go to a different place. And I'm like, Oh, finally we're done there. And then she'd come back to that area and scrub again. It was, I was a a new newbie with this. And now I would love to probably do that every three months if I can. But, um, even once or twice a year is really important and it's good. They're going to exfoliate you in places you never even knew you had dead skin. And then there's a common area and this is done as a cultural experience. A lot of um, Korean families will actually bring their kids, their 9-year-old, 10-year-old kids with them to this. And um, it's just an evening, like it's their wind down from the day. They'll get done with school or with work. And think about it, like there's a lot uh, there's a lot to learn about Asian cultures and holistic health. But they'll go to this common area and there's uh, an authentic Korean um, restaurant there where it's authentic like mom-and-pop food and um super healthy and then there are these different stations and different rooms there's a common area where you can just lay down with your phone watch tv read a book have conversations with your family it's a warmed um tile i think amber tile uh, which is also statistically or scientifically proven to decrease inflammation inflammation is a big big deal in a very cortisol heavy stress uh, high stress type of country like america and then there are some other uh, anti-inflammatory rooms. There's my favorite room, which is the red ball clay room. Red clay ball room. They're little pebbles and they're like little kind of beds or basins, I would say. And you literally sink yourself into it. It's kind of like a mix between a sauna and... Um, maybe like the like the you know the ball pits that kids really love you kind of just sink in those really miniature rolling balls and i've noticed that this time when i went they did have two areas that had himalayan salt balls uh, incorporated as well which himalayan salt if you know is also uh known to be anti-inflammatory there's a himalayan salt room as well there's a crystal stone healing room as well, which is kind of like a sauna, like a warm area. There's a freezer room, which looks like a dome, like it, it literally looks like an igloo, a cross between an igloo and one of those old freezers that you always had to defrost because it's frozen on the little coils, whatever you want to call it. Um... I'm trying to think of anything else i know they had a red room before remember the infrared sauna from healing waters um so i i don't know if i shared their name but it is called imperial spa super affordable like it's not gonna be your typical american bougie spa type of day but you will feel like a completely different person and you will be way wiped out And even if you choose not to do the body scrub because you're like, hey, uh, I just really don't want anybody like doing all of that to all of me. They're, They're like Asian mamas. I don't know how else to explain it. They're just like, you know, it's customer service is not their biggest thing forte, but they really care about your health. And I'll put it that way, I'll leave it at that. But if you do decide to just do like a deep tissue or Swedish massage, they literally have like bars in the ceilings where you, you're you laying on the massage table and they work their way into your muscles and things. And they will legitimately climb on those bars and use all of their body weight if they need to to adjust and to massage your muscles. So that was another thing that I did. So like I went like from a multi-system approach and I feel incredible. I can you know, I had a couple of, you know, dance and party days with my sister and some friends and I don't regret any of it. I, and I was, despite being, you know, tired from a good, kind of like a, you know, what they say, like, um, if you come back tired from a vacation, you know, it was a real vacation when you need a vacation from your vacation. I didn't feel like I needed a vacation after my vacation. I felt ready to go. I'm, you know, energetic I feel great. I went to the gym today and, um, you know, was really gentle with my back, but uh, did all the things like keep the habits up. Your, you know, your progress is directly connected with your patterns and what patterns are you going to have? And so I really hope that this is going to be good for everyone that listens to it. I got interrupted a couple of times, so I hope that this isn't going to be a disconjointed um, series, but I'm, I'm trusting Oscar to edit appropriately and um, make it really a comprehensive podcast. And I hope that it really helps someone make the decision to truly invest in your body. It is a blind investment. It's something you can't see, but eventually you probably will see results from it because it has such a good um, effect on your entire body, but you will feel. You will feel it. Your brain feels different. Your gut is your second brain. And mind you, after colonic therapy, after towards the end of your retreat, you do have pre and probiotics, living pre and probiotics implanted into your colon. So she, despite the the wiping clean of of all of your good and bad bacteria from your colon, she will reinsert good bacteria and it's your duty afterwards to continue to replenish that good bacteria with prebiotics, which feed your probiotics, okay? Google that and take a look at what what I'm talking about. Your gut is your second brain, okay? It's directly connected to your mental health. So don't um, brush it to the side. Trust me. And um, if you need a good person to follow with um, regard to like gut health and things like that, Dr. Josh Axe is really good about that. And um, I'm trying to think Uh, some products that I like to use because some people ask me that a lot of times i'm obsessed with arbonne and i know it's an mlm company i really you know i signed up as a consultant because i got the di- the discount to it but i love the way my body feels and i love the way it burns and it you know my body burns it as fuel i there's like minimal byproduct and it, it's just it was made by a botanist back way back in the 80s i believe and it's just that's my favorite product to use for Um, for health and wellness, for dietary, for energy, for detox when I'm at home and also skin products. So, um, I'm trying to think of anything else. Hemp hearts, hearts, hemp hearts are good for you. And also chia seeds. If you've never tried chia seeds or tried to make chia pudding, it's literally like making rice except easier. You get your container, you put one part chia seed to two parts whatever fluid you want to mix it with. Um, You know, almond milk, coconut milk is really healthy. I even made one with, um, made myself some pudding with apple juice. You let it sit like overnight oats and the next morning you've got like this like pudding consistency, kind of like tapioca, and you can put whatever toppings you want, like pumpkin seeds or um, coconut shavings or things like that as your breakfast, and that actually helps with detoxing as well because the gelatinous material will adhere to toxins in your colon and will um, take them as they're um, leaving the body as waste. And they're also high in protein and fiber. So I think this is as comprehensive as I'm gonna get right now, I would love to see some comments and answer questions if you guys do have any questions about it. But Healing Waters, Imperial Spa, um, and just work on investing in yourself. and You're never going to regret it. Um, This is Diana with Stories from a Survivor. Peace, everyone.